and you're cold. You're scared. There's a whole bunch of things that you don't understand that have happened in the last 12 to 24 hours of your life. You've watched your parents fight. You've seen dad do things to mom that you never would have guessed ever would have happened. You've seen the two of them say things to each other that you never would have imagined you'd hear your parents say. And so you stand at the rack because you're cold, you're tired, and you need a coat. This story, while sounding terrible, is a reality to so many children in our community. We here at Heartland have the blessing of working with a ministry in our community called Synergy Services. And Synergy Services is a mission work, if you will. It's a shelter. And they have they actually have two different shelters, three if you count their transitional housing. One shelter is a shelter for battered women. It's called Safe Haven. It's a place where women go or women are taken when they are in domestic violence situations. It's a place of safety. It's a place of recovery. It's a place of of rest for many of them. They also have a a shelter for teenagers who their lives are in crisis and they're uh, separated from their parents. As a young mental health professional, I was blessed that Synergy offered me an internship. And so we began to work there. And before long, I was asked if I would serve on their domestic violence team working with offenders. And you balance that. Your work with offenders, you balance with work with victims. And we began to do some work at Safe Haven. A couple of years ago, we we redid a couple of the uh, dormitories for the women. They were very clinical in nature for a long time. You would go there and it was kind of like going to the doctor. Because that's what it was. It was an old doctor's office that had been turned into a shelter. And so we went in and we warmed it up and we comforted. We put new flooring in, new beds, new furniture. We made it a place that when they got there, they didn't feel like they were being institutionalized. On one side of the building is is a building for children, for babies. And then about a year later, David, our community outreach deacon, took over the work with Synergy. And he and a team of people have continued to build and build and build that ministry, that outreach to our community. And in the midst of blessing, those people have been blessed themselves. And so this morning we're going to share some time looking at that ministry and looking at why we do it and why it's important that we continue to do these kind of works and these kind of ministries. Our text this morning will primarily be Matthew, the 25th chapter. All the coats you see on the stage this morning are part of a coat drive for Synergy. All of these coats will be taken to Synergy, uh, to the women's shelter, to the children's shelter, and they'll be distributed as the need presents. So thank you so much for bringing your 
coats this morning. And if any of you wanted to take part in this and maybe you forgot, get them over to us early this week and we'll make sure that everything gets over to Safe Haven um, so that they can begin to distribute that before the cold weather hits too much. Back up to our scripture reading this morning in Matthew. Matthew 25, 31 through 36 says this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. He will put the sheep on the right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom is prepared for you that the, since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me and I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Jesus uses this, these, these, this terminology, he uses this way of explaining those who welcomed him. And, and think about what he says in this. What is the mission of those who wait? If you had to pick out four or five things from this text that you could do in preparation, what would it be? I want you to hold on to that for just a minute. Turn, if you will, to Acts chapter one, because I want to I want to show you that while here in Matthew 25, Jesus is building the case to his apostles before he's before he's crucified. But after he's crucified and he's come back in Acts chapter one, if you look at that text. We see a visit from Jesus and, and as he's taken and gathered back up, we see the angels in verse 10, it says, And they were looking intently up into the sky as Jesus was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go to heaven. It's important to us because now we wait on the same thing. This message just isn't for his apostles. We're waiting in the same way. Jesus will one day come back. And as we wait, what is it that we should do? So as we turn back to the text in Matthew's, Matthew, I've brought out some points that I think we can learn if we look at that text in its entirety. Point number one. There's, and we'll start with these three things that Jesus desired for his people to do as they wait. Point number one is be prepared. Look at Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. And listen to this parable that Jesus tells. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them are wise. There's probably a joke in that somewhere, but those of you with blonde hair, I'll stay away from it. I'll stay away from it because I think it's probably five blondes and then the rest were brunettes and redheads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take oil with them. I told you. The wise ones, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. And the bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. 
At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us your oil. Give us some oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us. And you instead go to the house, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were all who were ready went to be with to the went to be with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. Point number one. Be prepared. We, we live in a time where we are drawn away. Every most everything around us is looking to draw us away for being ready for Christ to come back. How we spend our time how we devote our energy, how we devote our resources. So much of the challenge in life is that, you know, pull, they, they, we're, they want to try to pull us away. The world wants to try to pull us away. He, they want to create an environment where we won't be ready. And the point that I want to say in, in what we're doing here by collecting and serving others and thinking about people and watch this, thinking about people that in most cases we don't even know. Now, now who, can, who are we being like? To some degree, when we serve that way, Jesus died on the cross for people that he didn't even know that weren't even born yet. It's an opportunity for us to be Christ like when we serve like this. It's an opportunity for us to stay focused on our preparation. It's not just something to keep us busy. It's not just something. And I I hear this all the time. It's something you we're so busy. We get pulled away from this and pulled away from that. It's not something to pull you away from family or friends or, or time that you might that you might think is well spent somewhere else. Things like this are important because it keeps us focused and it keeps us focused on someone other than ourselves. And it keeps keep it keeps us focused on some of the most needy in our community. If I asked for a raise of hands, and I'm not asking, but I wonder how many of us in here have ever experienced a beatdown. Where you just got beat down and broke down so much that you lost track of who you were. You lost track of your self-value. You lost track of, 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 of your value to others. You lost track of, of your family and, and the experience that your family, you lose track of everything. And, and I'm telling you guys, when you sit down with a victim in one of the situations like Safe Haven, there are oftentimes they don't even know who they are anymore. They're so beat up. They're so controlled. If there was ever a group of people in the world that we would want to devote time to serving it is women and children, and I say primarily women because it's like eight, eight and a half out of ten of these situations are women who are abused. It's, it are, it's these women we should be focused on in our community. It's these children that somehow or another we can demonstrate to them God and Jesus in this environment that they're living in. So number one is to be prepared. 
You know, five of these women were prepared. They were blessed. Five of them weren't. Five of them didn't didn't do their preparation. They didn't stay focused. They were relying on someone else to do it for them. And they perished. Number two is be involved. Listen to this part of the text as we read on. When the son of man comes in his I'm sorry, uh, back up to verse 14, enter at 14 again. It will be like a young man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to one another to, to another one, one bag each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold Brought the other five master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Wouldn't that be so good to hear someday in our life? The man with two bags of gold also Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard, you were you were a hard man and harvesting where you have not uh, sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I had harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags for whoever will be given more. They will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's a blessing in taking what God gives us and passing it on and multiplying it. You know, part of the being a, a the, the child of a minister is you get to be embarrassed. But about 18 years ago, God gave Jeanette and I a blessing. Actually, it wasn't about 18 years ago. It was 18 years today. And we have invested our love and our life into that blessing. We've shared that blessing. We've shared that blessing with the church. We've shared that blessing with the community. We've shared that blessing with family. And God has returned that blessing in so many ways. Because now we get to watch as a young adult spreads his wings here in just a little bit and moves on. And I couldn't be more proud of him today. And I couldn't be more blessed by the blessing that God gave me. And I will continue to lend that blessing off to the world. Church, we have to be involved in this process. 
We have to be prepared, but we have to be involved. We have to take the blessing that God gave us and invest it and get involved with it and turn it into a greater blessing for the world. That's why God gave it to us. That's why God gives us all these things is so that we can pass them on. I'd like for you to listen to these testimonies of people who are investing their time. Working with Synergy and women who are victims of domestic violence has been a source of healing for me. When I started volunteering, I participated in the training which consisted of literature and videos of what domestic violence is and how to help those who have been through it. As I sat there, I came to grips that I was one of those women myself. Coming to this realization and acceptance was a healing process that I needed to go through to be stronger. I also came to the realization that the reason I came out on the other side of the abuse as a healed individual was through my faith and trust in my Lord, my family, and my Christian friends I chose to be around. I am blessed today by the work that goes on at Synergy, and I am thankful for the opportunities of service it brings. Jackie Eubanks I have only recently joined the group in the last month. I love to see the children and their faces light up when they see me. I baked a couple of desserts and they were so appreciative. They thanked me and hugged me. The ladies were very appreciative. I am very happy to have found this group of people who are willing to serve our community. Terry Lundblad. Steve Gibney, who is one of our elders, and he and his wife, Yolanda, do a great deal of work in our community ministries, wrote this. The Synergy ministry is important because Jesus' ministry was to the most vulnerable people of his day, and he spent much of his time healing the physical difficulties people face and used that as a door to heal their spiritual sickness. As we carry on Jesus' mission in the church, I love the opportunity to follow in his footsteps to help people's hurt. Abused women and children and teens with troubled home lives are among the most vulnerable people in our society and are the people Jesus would seek out if he were in our community now. And he is. At the teen shelter, there's an opportunity, however brief, to show Christ's love by serving. And having the opportunity to talk with or just listen to a teen. One Sunday, I sat at the big table by a young lady who at 16 was losing her eyesight to muscular de- degeneration. She spoke of her dreams of the future. That future may be difficult for her, but I was glad to be able to encourage her that she could do whatever she put her heart into. These are just three of the individuals that work on a team of people that reach out to Synergy each month. I hope you heard in some of those words the blessing that they're serving others is bringing to them. You see how it multiplies? But we've got to be involved. We've got to be involved. You won't feel that without direct involvement of some some kind. And while we work with Synergy, we have works like Hillcrest and Backsnack, and, and it, there are a number of ways to get involved here. And never leave the country, by the way. Never leave the community. What a blessing. And finally, 
We've got to be compassionate. Let's take a look back at the text, because I don't know about you, but if I was given the choice to be a sheep or a goat, um, from the little bit of time that I worked on a farm when I was a kid, I'd much rather be a sheep. Because I don't know if you've ever encountered goats, but they are a pain in the rear end. Okay? I, can't, I remember this little pygmy goat one time that, that uh, my father-in-law purchased at, a, at an implement store somewhere. And he bought that thing and brought it home. It didn't leave a blade of grass in the yard. It walked on the picnic table. It ate the laundry hanging out on the line. It would walk on top of the cars. It, it was a horrible, horrible animal. Horrible animal. But I'll tell you this, when I when I was even younger, I bailed hay on a farm that had sheep and they are the most compassionate animals. They I mean, it's kind of like a church. They just kind of sit there. They don't do a whole lot at times. I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm just giving you a hard time. When they're when they're swatted, they move when they're swatted, they move. But I'd much rather be a sheep for the very reason in this text, because someday I want to be told, good job. I don't need to hear perfect because I never will. I don't need to hear that because I'm far from perfect. Far from perfect. My kids would tell you that. My wife would tell you that. The church I preach for would tell you that. I'm okay with that. But I want to be a sheep. I don't want to be a goat. There's a nursery song in there. Somewhere, a little VBS song, but I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry. The whole point of Jesus's words in the text that we opened with church is to be compassionate. I want you to think about these simple thoughts. Compassion to me says this, and I think our text said this. Feed the hungry. Welcome. Those drifting. I want you to think for just a moment as a part of this sermon, what's it like to feel like you haven't got a friend? Have you ever felt that feeling to be totally alone? Without anyone. Because I tell you, there's times these women feel that way when their best friend, their partner in life has abandoned them. That's an awful lonely feeling. And think about the children. Not only are they dealing with the abandonment of dad in most cases, but think about what that does to mom and her attachment to the children. We welcome those drifting. We befriend the friendless. Um, A Bible story that I thought about is the healing of the leper. Can you imagine what Jesus did for that man when he touched him? Could you imagine going through a portion of your life and never having the comfort of someone just touching you, holding your hand, touching your cheek? Think about the isolation in that as as a church, as a family, we need to befriend the friendless. We need to tend to those who are ill. Jesus says these in our text. And to be sheep, we need to visit with compassion those who are in prison. 
He's not here with us this morning, and so I'm going to talk about him. Um, Antoine spent time in prison in Indiana. Most of you may know that. Some of you may not have known that. Um, If he was here, I'd care, but um, he doesn't care that I share this. The first year and a half he was in prison, I couldn't go see him. I was so angry. So angry. So finally, uh, my wife made me go see him. And I'll never forget the day coming down the runway into the visitation room. And they brought him through the doors and he was in his beige jumpsuit. And for whatever reason in that moment, God took away the anger. And he put on my heart compassion. Now, in the same way that that at least our family enjoys the blessing of a birthday today. This month, Antoine completes probation. He's done. This week, his license in the state of Indiana has been reestablished. He can now go get a Missouri driver's license. It's been a long road. It's been a road that if he hadn't had compassion, and quite frankly, if he hadn't had my wife, I don't know what would have happened to Antoine. There's people here at church, families here at church, that have shown him compassion. Never once has anybody came up to me and questioned his integrity, questioned whether he was dangerous, whether he was this or whether he was that. No one ever came up and made him feel uncomfortable because he's tattooed from head to toe. And he was scared of that. The first time he came here, he wore a tie and wore all of his shirts buttoned up because he was afraid of what people would think. But he met compassionate people here that have loved him. And you have aided in his recovery and his ability to come back into normal life someday. Heartland family, that's what we can be. We can be prepared. We can get involved. And we can be compassionate. And then we get to call ourselves Sheep until one day he calls the sheep. I want to be on the right side of this thing. I don't want to be a goat. I do not want to be a goat. I want to be a sheep. And to so many of you, thank you this morning for being sheep. Look in the bulletin. Look for the opportunities that we can remain that way, that we can work together and stay encouraging to our community. David, thank you for your work in the community. Synergy uh, Life Group team, thank you so much for what you do for the women and children at Synergy Services. Let's stand this morning. Let's celebrate in song. If there's a need this morning in the congregation, please feel free to come forward while we stand and sing. We'll pray with you. Uh, if, it's, if it's a time that's right, we'll, st- we'll begin studying with you. Um, if you want to be baptized this morning. You can be baptized here this morning and be brought into this family and start serving with the family of God.
Make your wishes known as we stand and sing.